0: You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message. Hallelujah. The title of my message is, There is a Reward. And uh, last week we seen, we, we talked about what a mess. How Jesus, you know, how, you know, I used to, Tell Peyton all the time, sometimes you got to make a mess to fix a mess. And Jesus came in the temple and he turned all the tables over and uh, made a mess. But it was to fix a mess. And here's the thing about that. As we've been going here since 2003 as a church, we've always said this isn't church as usual. And that God's doing some things in our day. That uh, for for us to even start a church is is just it w- it wasn't even on our radar, and uh, and and it took me a while to make sense of all that because I mean I, I just I, I mean I love hauling bulls up and down the road I, I I love that and I love being on the back of the bucket chute I I like being back there by myself I mean we could do it you know and 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 uh, and but and it's really not my place to be up here in front of everybody. I, I don't care to be up here. But God's doing something and we began to see that. And, and so we've always said, this ain't church as usual. That This is something's going on here. And what God's doing even more, we've seen it in 2020, is correction and order. And that's what God did when Jesus walked into the temple. He began to bring correction and order. when all the money changers and all the people were there for themselves. They were all there for themselves. They were seated. It says they were all seated and he unseated them. He unsettled them. He turned it all upside down. They were all there for their own gain. Let me put it this way. They were all in church for their own gain. They weren't coming for any other reason but for themselves. Come on. You say, well, that's kind of... Well, we've we've kind of done that. We've all come to church to get something instead of coming to church to touch the Father's heart. Come on. And so Jesus came in the temple and he turned that all upside down. And, and then it says immediately... People began to come to him, and he began to heal them, minister to them. He began to serve them. Come on, and so what we find ourselves is we we we, we found ourselves in that correction in order to a new covenant and how it was going to be, and it was going to be about serving. And see, sometimes we get that out of order. But yet, at, at times, we're, we're having to correct a lot of stuff in the world. And, and let me tell you, there is a reward for your commitment. There is a reward for your commitment. And there's been so much uh, bad theology out there and some of the things. So we're, we find ourselves, since 2003, having to kind of correct a lot of uh, wrong thinking. Come on. See, and often when we first start to realize that uh, maybe we need Jesus in our life, uh, we we tend to hesitate on the commitment, right? Because quite frankly, we we were having fun until it all run off the rails, right? Fun. Listen, when I was a sinner, I was a good one and I had fun. And then the old thing about paying the fiddler, yeah. See, the commitment to all in isn't always total at first. See, and that's why we got grace. See, some, some people hit bottom and never want anything to do with the world again. But then there's those that live a good life. They don't cause any problems. They stay in their own lane, you know, and they're just, they're, they're, they're good, you know. Then you have self-sufficient people. And I'm telling you, these are the hardest to minister to. Because they're self-sufficient. They're, they're not bad people. They're good. And, you know, and, and, and they're hard to realize that, hey, you, you really need Jesus. You know? And there's those self-sufficient people. And then there's the fun-loving people that everything's just fun. <laughs> just having a good time. We're, we're here. I'm here to plug in and make everybody have a good time. You know, you got those people and they just love it, you know, and never see anything wrong. But at some point in our life, listen, we all have uh, this emptiness inside of us, no matter what, the fun loving, the self, self supplied, the, the ones that, you know, cause we're all trying to fill that void yes. and we find out that nothing can fill it but Christ. That is a, it's it's that God hole in you that only God can fill. No amount of sex, no amount of drugs, no amount of alcohol, no amount of good works, no none of that can fill. No amount of plaques on the wall. Come on. No amount of success can ever fill that void. Only Christ. Come on. See, truth is, we all have different personalities. And the saddest thing the church tried to do is make us all be alike. Come on. Listen, we don't need everybody in here to be alike. How boring would that be? You know what I'm saying? It'd just be bland. I'm telling you, you ever go out of the country, you don't. You see bland. All the buildings are the same, all the... I mean, the... Over in Russia, there ain't Del Monte, Little Green Giant. There ain't, ain't it's all the same, generic. And it's all gray. It's just, who, that ain't no fun, right? But at some point we have to realize that we all have different personalities. God made us that way for a reason. And the thing about it is he has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us in the body of Christ. Everybody has a plan. Doesn't matter what color you are, no matter what creed you are, whatever your background is, God has a plan for each and every person on this planet. And the only way to actually live happy and to be fulfilled is to first recognize that you do need Jesus. And then all the things that you do we'll finally have a why behind it. Come on, does that make sense? See, we have to realize that selling out is not a bad thing, but it is a reward. Mark chapter 10, turn with me there real quick. We're going to plug in some scriptures and then us older folks are going to have fun <laughs> I'm not gonna we don't rub things in around here. We don't do that. <laughs> do we, Paul? No, we don't we don't we don't rub it in that we're the best life group or nothing like that. <laughs> truly I say to you, there is no better life group. Uh there truly I say to you, there's no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake but that he shall receive a hundred times as much now in this present age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, farms, along with persecutions. Oh man, there's the old member deal. With persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But listen, how amazing is that, that Jesus says, look here, here's what's gonna happen. You're going to give up some things, but you're going to get it back in this present age a hundred times as more. So is this a prosperity message? Heck yeah, it is. And I'm proud of it, but we're going to line it out. It ain't going to be about walking on the Cadillac lot and laying your hands on the Cadillac going, oh Lord, I thank you for this Cadillac. That's not what this is about. And persecutions, it says. Come on, you may have to drive a Toyota for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Not that Toyota's bad. Used to, it was Datsun. That was a whole other... Some of y'all don't know what Datsuns are in here. (laughs) Yeah, Doris, I remember, that was her first car. Little Datsun. She couldn't hardly drive it. First time I ever heard Dereese cuss when she was driving a manual. <laughs> and, of course, that was my fault, too. <laughs> I will move on from that. But, of course, being the little brother, I could tell her how. See? I'm sure that made it better. Oh, yeah, that never made it better. That's where the cuss word came out. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was hung up between the driveway and the fire plug <laughs> uh, while her hamburger was getting cold. <laughs> I love you, Doris. Yeah, I could tell you some more stories, but I won't. <laughs> yeah. Listen, the gospel isn't just about going to heaven. That's not what the gospel is all about. It is about eternal life. But here's the deal. It's about what we're doing right here, right now. Come on. God wants us. There is a reason for you being blessed and having a reward. And we're going to look at some of those deals. Looky here. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. I know you are probably on your phones. Verse 18. Now, I'm telling you, when I first got saved, now is was a long time ago, this is, this is one of the verses that, I mean, you know how you have some jump out of the page? This is, this is one of them. So you will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. And here's how simple this gospel is between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. That, see, that's simple. It doesn't matter how many PhDs, degrees, no matter the pedigree you're walking under, if you're not serving God, come on. See, and that's what Jesus said. I didn't come to be served, but to serve, Right? So when he went into the temple and turned everything upside down and made a mess, he began to get it back to this right here, to where we serve and not are being served. Come on. See, too many times we quit the process. There is a process when you come and you realize, hey, I need Jesus God sent Jesus. And so all of a sudden we get put on this, uh, we we get put in the process of having our character changed. From the character that the world that we've created, how many of y'all had reputations before you come to Christ? Man, we had good ones, we thought. And then you try to live up to that. And you can't. And that's where it runs off the rails, right? And so God begins to put us in a process to change our character so that we have godly character. And too many times we quit that process because we don't understand, hey, there is a reward if I bear down, endure, be steadfast and work this out. Come on. We got to bear down. See, too many times we quit that process before we understand that we, that we gave up, that what we gave up was actually keeping us from living a whole life with promise, with peace. Come on. See, we forget that process equals a product, right? See, every product has gone through process, Nothing made has always had a testing time. And it's had to go through a process. Everything you see in here came from, uh, from the oil industry, from drilling, fracking, everything that everybody hates and is protesting about and talking about. There's nothing in here that oil did not go through a process and touch somewhere and they just want to shut all that down. The colors, the, 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 the paint, the carpet, the fabric, every bit of that went through a process and started underground. Come on, isn't that crazy? Everything. And that's what God's after. And God's after his product bearing fruit. Come on. Look at Matthew 30, 25. We're going to keep plugging in a few. See, last week we talked about after Jesus went in there and turned over all the tables and did all that, and it and then he then he talked about him coming back, and he talked about how. Uh, you're going to hear wars, rumors of wars, all these things going on in the earth. And he begins to tell us exactly what's going to be happening. But he says, don't worry about that. Don't don't worry about that at all. And then he spends the next several chapters talking about us occupying. So it's very important that we understand That part. And then look what he says right here. In Matthew 25, verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Bear with me, just a minute. As he separates the sheep and from the goats, and he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, "Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry." and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you come to, came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, remember, so again, you will distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. Look what he says. Then the righteous, come on, Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty, give you drink? When did we see you stranger, see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, To the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. In other words, he's talking about service. And that's what he turned all the tables over because they weren't serving the people coming to worship, but they were, come on, it was about them. And it's that simple, y'all. And that's what God is doing in our day. He is bringing that correction in order that it ain't about us, but it's about working on our character to be able to be a servant. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And the thing about that is, is we don't, we may give up farms, brothers, sisters, but he's gonna give it all back because he wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing. So yes, he wants you prosperous. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to have material stuff. He just doesn't want it having you. Come on. Look in Genesis chapter 12. Come on. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then it says, and so Abram went forth. In other words, he obeyed. Didn't matter what he seen. Didn't matter what he had to go through. Listen, Abram went through a process as well. God called him in chapter 12. Do you know that you look in chapter 22 of Genesis and God said, indeed, I will bless you. But Abram at any point could have stopped that process and not got it fulfilled. And I truly believe that Abram's dad was set on this same journey, but he stopped after one of his sons died because it said his his son died and he stopped and settled there. Now it don't say it that God called him, but I'm just saying he settled. Abram didn't. Come on, are y'all with me? Everybody in here has a process that you're going through. And all the, listen, nobody wakes up and says, well, I I just think I want drama and hell in my life today. (laughs) Ain't nobody wakes up wanting that, right? Nobody. But sometimes it happens. But see, God is working you through how to handle all that. Hebrews chapter 10. See, listen, and here's here's the thing you have to realize. God's proud of his kids. Listen, when you're proud of your kids, don't you brag on them? Don't you want them to show off? Don't you want to show them off? Come on. Yes, you do. Same way, God. I'm telling you, Luke Morgan changed my life. I was struggling one time about whether or not we should, you know, because I knew it was coming that we were, we were going to be re- asked, you know, to go and rodeo full time. And I knew it was coming, but yet I was struggling with the fact that, you know, in, in today's society, you know, a career, a job, security, you know, I, and I was struggling with that. And I was like, man, you know, see, it was going to either follow what God put in my heart or settle. And so I, I'm sitting there and I'm telling this to Luke, and, and Luke, he goes, he goes, let, let me just put it this way. He says, God put that in your heart. And when you're doing what God put in your heart, and, and you're enjoying it, and you're having fun, and you're doing it for him, God gets to sit up there and say, look at my son. He's doing exactly what I've put in his heart to do. Man, look at him go. And I'm telling you, changed my life. I step back, and, and listen, was it easy? Heck no. Did we ha- was it tough and was it hard and was it a sacrifice? Absolutely it was. But was there wa- but was there a reward you're sitting in it. You're sitting in a place that wasn't even on our radar, that the reward was so much greater than we could ever even imagine because this place butts up to our ranch that we always believed for where we raise bucking bulls and and do all of that now. Come on. The reward, you left farms, family, houses. Come on. That I'll give it back a hundred times as much. Let me tell you something. I'm not just preaching something I read. I'm living proof that God's promises are yes and amen. If you will commit to the process of being a follower of Christ, I can tell you, Dan and Mindy are sitting in here because we stuck the process out and he owns a bull that Josh is hauling right now. Of course, Josh is stuck with transmission blowed out in his truck in Fort Worth on his way home from Oklahoma, but that's part of the process. Dad's not sweating. But mama's, praying. mama's praying. That's just part of their process, right? I've done been on the side of the road. Matter of fact, we were on the side of the road one time and I ordered pizza. I said, you can't miss us. He said, where are you at? I said, I'm the only 18-wheeler with a load of bulls on the side of the road. Just come on, bring that pizza. Can you bring some Coke with it? <laughs> are you for real? I am for real. <laughs> I'm hungry and the guy who fixed his tire ain't here yet. You just learn how to handle stuff. That's right? Right? We order pizza. God wants you to be a blessing. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Come on. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. When you've done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Come on, that word confidence, here's what it means. Unmistakable and evident. God wants your life to be unmistakable evidence that he's your father. Come on. It means, it means being straight to the point. Listen, you don't have to be ashamed of who God is and who you are. You don't have to be. It means direct and boldness. Look, the word reward, something given in return. God's not out there, up there being an ogre saying, you live for me or I'm going to whack you on the head. No, he gives us the choice. And and listen, what father, when your kid does something good that you don't just go, oh my God, you can have half the ranch. (laughs) Right? Right? Half the kingdom, son. What do you want? It's like Peyton. One day she said, "We're riding around in the four wheeler checking cows," and she goes, "Paul, she's just a little old bitty thing." Paul, which one of them cows is mine? I said, "Baby, one of these days they'll all be yours." Right? I mean, when they do stuff that's just great, you're just like, "Oh, what do you want?" Other days it's like, "Hey, you ain't got a job yet." Get a job. You're four. I know you're four. Get a job. (laughs) And that word promise, a divine assurance of good. You have a divine assurance of good that at some point, divine, at some point, if you... Don't throw away your confidence and you hang on that there is a promise. There is a hope coming. There is this divine appointment on its way to you. Come on, Abraham, when he stuck that promise out and he went and he, he walked through this process and he's sticking it out, that promise showed up and, and, and he was laying his son on the altar and God said, wait, no, I've provided for you. See, there's a divine assurance of good and we just have to be obedient no matter how ridiculous it sounds. Because I'm telling you, sometimes what God asks you to do, you're thinking that ain't God. I don't agree with that. (laughs) Yeah, like we got a say in it. Listen, I'm telling you, sometimes it is crazy what God's going to ask you to do. That's why it's so fun to me. It's just it's just crazy. You just never know what he's going to ask. Listen, we have a confidence because Jesus died, and is and he's our high priest now. We don't have to light candles and all that kind of stuff, and we just have to diligently walk out this thing called life with grace. See, you have grace. In other words, you have you have the ability to mess up, miss God, and still walk this thing out and get the reward. What? Come on. That's how this works. That's how awesome God is. That's how your father is. Just because my boys did something that I didn't like don't mean I don't love them. Right? I didn't just stop loving my grandkids. Come on. You don't do that. You you keep loving them. Come on. Are y'all with me? Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 now it shall be if you diligently obey the Lord your God being careful to do all his commandments which I command you today the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth that don't sound like he just wants you to be broke disgusted and busted no he wants to put you high above all the earth for a reason. Look in Ruth chapter 2. This is a great. Ruth chapter 2, verse 12. Now, Ruth is a Moabite. And Moabites were considered no better than dogs to the Hebrew people. Come on. And Ruth was married to. Naomi, who was a Hebrew to her sons. And so Naomi's husband and sons were killed and she's left with two daughter-in-laws. One daughter-in-law went back to, she was a Moabite too. She went back, but Ruth says, no, I'm with you. Wherever you go, that's where I'm going. Wherever you live, that's where I'm going to live. Whatever your God is, that's going to be my God, but I'm with you and I will not leave you. That was her determination. That was her mindset is I'm going to be loyal to you. Come on, are y'all with me? And so Naomi goes back to, to the promised land and you'll have to go and read this whole story, but Ruth goes back and Ruth begins to go and glean. And with gleaning is the, when the harvesters would go in and harvest a field, there would be stuff that was left over in the field, stuff they might've missed. And the law God put in place was is those that don't have a field, those that don't have much, let them go into the field and glean. Don't pick up what fell. Leave that for the people that don't have a field, but they still had to go. That's how God took care of things. You did it wasn't no welfare, we're just gonna give it to you. You still gonna have to show up and pick up. Come on. See that way both sides still have some integrity about them. Come on. Big difference. Because I'm telling you, you go into places where it's all welfare and the government's taking care of them, they can't take care of their own selves or their places or their, come on. That's not what God, God wants us to have a little bit. He wants to take care of everybody, but yet you got to take care of yourself. There is provision out there. So anyway, we pick up there. Ruth is in the field gleaning. She's gleaning, uh, whatever their wheat harvest off of Boaz's field, which Boaz is Naomi's relative and her faithfulness and commitment. Here's what Ruth would do. Ruth would go to that field and she would glean, but yet she would also help Boaz's servants. And she began to find favor with even the servants Because she was willing to go above and beyond what she had to do. She could have just went out there and just picked up wheat and helped Naomi. But she didn't do that. She went above and beyond. And here's one thing that we always teach our boys. And Caleb was telling me the other day, he was having to kind of school on red a little bit. And tell him, you know, look, go above and beyond. Here's how you get ahead in life. Don't do just what you're paid to do. Listen, nobody will ever be able to pay you what you're worth. Nobody. Because you're worth so much. But here's the deal. If you will do above and beyond, that's how you're going to get ahead in life. Not just doing what is expected of you. Come on, are y'all in here with me? And too many people want to gripe and complain about, well, I'm just, this is what I'm doing I'm just going to do what, no, I'm not getting paid to do that. Well, then you're just going to keep being right where you're at. Come on. Are y'all with me in here? And so Ruth, she's doing this. Now look what, and, and Boaz, he comes up and he's like, who is this? And then here's what, and here's what he says in verse 12. He says, may the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me indeed, have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Listen, she found favor. And let me tell you something that favor that she found going above and beyond, it also birthed royalty because she ends up marrying Boaz. And then Boaz, in, Ruth and Boaz end up being in uh, Jesse's o- Obed. They had a son named Obed or something along them lines. Obed had Jesse. Jesse had David who was King David. Come on a Moabite woman, a woman not considered more than a dog is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. So your confidence can't be thrown away that God can turn something around. Doesn't matter where you're at, how you're born, what it is. Your commitment to being loyal has its reward. Come on, are y'all with me? See Ruth's loyalty and determination and placing her trust in God was a great, had a great reward. Proverbs 16, three. Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. Listen, you're working for the Lord. You ain't working for the man. Right? That's how you got to look at it. I'm, I'm doing my work as unto the Lord. Listen, Hard work hard work can get it done. You, you, you can do hard work. Listen, but for the, for, the, for, the, for the thing that you need to know is, is you're going to have to commit your works to the Lord for them to have an everlasting legacy. Come on. See, once you figure out why you're doing what you're doing, you're on your way. And that's how you have a lasting legacy, just like Ruth. Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Now you look that word gift up in Hebrew and it means reward. So see, when you've gone through this process and then there's a reward, that reward is gonna open up favor. Come on. But too many times we never get to the reward because we quit the process. We quit moving forward. And so that reward, we, we, we never kick it in gear. Come on. See? See how that works? Look what Proverbs twenty two twenty nine 29 says. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. You know what that word skilled in Hebrew means? Diligent. When you are diligent and you're doing your work and it's committed unto the Lord, let me tell you, it has its reward and then that reward has favor and favor ain't fair. Come on, favor ain't fair. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times. Listen, and y'all have heard me say this before. It is not always the most talented who are in the top 15 in the world every year. It's the ones who are most committed and have the most try. And I see that. I've seen it for 35 years. The ones that have the most try, the ones who just won't quit. Come on. I'm telling you, it's the ones who just will not quit. Obedience, determination, endurance, diligence, faithfulness has its reward. It has its reward. And this is what it takes for us to be able to be a blessing. If God's going to bless us to be a blessing then we're going to have to be obedient. We're going to have to be determined. We're going to have to have endurance, diligence, faithfulness. Come on. That has its reward and that's what's going to open the doors so that you can be a blessing. Does that make sense? 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, let me just bring this all home. We're going to jump to... David. Everybody has heard this story. My God, we've, I've preached it here ever since I've been here. Verse 26. David shows up to the battle line where all of Israel is locked up in fear. You can say that, that listen, Israel's army is already captive because they I mean they will not engage at all they're just captive to fear right now because of one man and David shows up then David spoke to the men who were standing by him see Goliath has come down and he's doing his 40 day challenge (laughs) you know we like them Facebook challenge Goliath is coming down doing his 40 day challenge. David spoke to the men who were standing by him saying, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? In other words, who, what will be done for the man who takes the disgrace and this rebuke from Israel? Because that's what it was. It was a disgrace that one man was able to put a whole Group of people into fear. Come on. In this whole time during this COVID issue, I have never been more disgusted at how the church has reacted. Just like this right here. I'm telling you, there was nothing more sobering than being in a Christian bookstore being reprimanded for not having a mask on. All the while, worthy as the lamb is playing in the background. I've never seen anything like it. I don't understand that. Call it crazy, call it radical, call it whatever you want to, but I'm telling you, the day in which we live, you will find yourselves standing on a line looking around at people who are fear and trembling at nothing. And at this point in your life, you need to be asking yourself, what is going to be done for the man who returns this rebuke away from God's people? That may be why you're here. That may be why it's now that you live on this earth. Come on. It may be you that has to make a stand. That God's been doing things in your life. It might been hell up till now. And maybe you just hadn't quite fit in anywhere. Let me tell you something. David didn't fit in up there on that front line with all them other guys who were trembling. And it may be you that points out the issue, the problem. But look what David says. What will be done? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this guy that doesn't even have a covenant with Almighty God? Who is this guy that is worships an idol, a wooden idol. Who is this guy that's listening? Who is this guy that's talking that has no idea that God confounds the wise with the foolish things of this world? And this foolish kid walks up with a slingshot. Come on. Is anybody in here? People answered him in accordance with this word saying, Thus it will be done for the man who kills him. And his older brothers got mad. And the reward was no taxes, a good looking woman. I mean, there, there is a reward. It's not a bad thing. Come on, are y'all with me in here? I like the way the message says it. David, who was talking To the men standing around a asked, what's in it for the man who kills that Philistine and gets rid of the ugly blot on Israel's honor? What does he think he is anyway? This uncircumcised Philistine taunting the armies of God alive. See, our faith and commitment to the covenant has its reward. see, at some point, here's what you have to understand. David was going through a process. When he was anointed to be king, he went back to serving his father in the field. And while he was in the field, he comes in contact with a lion and a bear who come to take away the sheep from his father. His loyalty to go Oh, it's just one sheep. Let them eat it. No. David goes and takes it out of their mouth. Come on. Can you imagine? How foolish is that? Reason would say, let them eat. But David said, they're in my care. David goes, kills this bear, kills the lion. In this process that you're going through is preparing you when opportunity and your giant meet. See, when opportunity and a giant meet, hopefully you've stuck the process out. It's coming. Everybody in here has a giant that you're gonna face at some point. And hopefully you've stuck, been committed to the process that when the giant comes, you're like going, whoo, I'm fixing to get my reward. I'm fixing to, (laughs) listen, David stuck it out. Even not even listening to his brothers. Hey, what'd I say? Listen, sometimes you're just going to state the facts and people are going to get mad like the cashier lady. Listen, they don't even have to answer you. She couldn't even answer. She just glared over her mask. But they don't have to. But the thing about it is, is when your opportunity and your giant meet, you need to be able to start slinging a rock. You need to already have thrown enough rocks, come on, that when you meet your giant, he's just too big to miss. It's a no-brainer. You could do this with one eye shut. Right? Listen, we're living in the greatest time the earth has ever known. When God's church is coming into correction, into order, and in their awakening, come on. All they did when they tried to silence us, keep us from going to church, keep us from singing, keep us from gathering, all it did was just make us come alive. Come on. We're living in the greatest time we've ever seen. And you can't let all the noise that's going on keep your focus from what really fixing to happen. Come on. See, gave, David's gift and diligence as a shepherd brought him before the king. It brought him before the king. His skill, his skill, his diligence brought him before the and then it moved him into the palace. Come on. Proverbs 11, 18. But he who sows righteousness gets a true reward. Come on, what did we learn? What, how do we distinguish between the righteous and the wicked? One who serves. See, if you're serving and you're sowing into other people, guess what? Has its reward, right? Come on, look what it: He who sows righteousness gets a true reward. See, when you're doing the service for the kingdom, is it easy? Heck no, it ain't easy. Listen, are people going to use you and abuse you? Absolutely. All the time. All the time. But that ain't on you. That, doesn't, that, doesn't, that does not change whether you're going to still pour your life into people that are hungry, thirsty, come on, naked, in prison, come on. That still doesn't mean you're not going to. I'm telling you. I can remember taking time out of my day, going with the pastor, going to a hospital to pray for a guy that had half his brain removed because of cancer and then getting there and the guy don't want to be prayed for. Just want to sit there and watch TV. Listen, you still got to load up and go. I'm telling you, Some people do, some people don't. That's okay. A week later, he died without Jesus. You just don't, you still got to go. Come on. You still got to go. Those people that you just bail out, and they go back come on it's okay it's okay people that don't understand you and get mad at you it's okay listen they spit on Jesus they hung him on a cross who am I right who am I it doesn't matter it doesn't matter Proverbs 22:4 The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. And you know what the reward of the you know what humility is? Here's what humility is. Is walking before is is knowing and understanding that you need God. When you understand and know that you can't do this without God, that's when you're walking humbly before Him. And that's when your trust is in God and you're not offended that nobody showed up to your party. Come on. You prepared, you practiced, you did everything and nobody showed up, right? And you don't get offended. Come on, are y'all with me? Your neighbor's tree fell on your fence? <laughs> Come on. See, we got people that are so offended nowadays at every little thing. I mean, you can't hardly, oh, we're so politically correct. We, we've we become a bunch of, Whiners and complainers. Drama. We've got television shows, drama. Everybody's offended. Okay. You put 24 women in a room competing for one man. even vice versa. Let me tell you, that one man's the dumbest man on the planet. You want to put yourself in that? No thank you. You deserve everything you get. That's your reward. It's hard to even watch the commercial. (laughs) Right? Right? What? What? Yeah, I mean, who does that? That ain't reality, y'all. Come on, y'all, stand with me. Here's what I'm telling you you may be struggling in this point. I'm telling you, we live in a society that is just in chaos right now. We we have a cultural crisis in this country. Let me put it that way. We have a cultural crisis in this country. I I can't say that enough. We have a cultural crisis in this country. And you're not going to find the answer to it watching The Bachelorette. And you're not going to find it watching the news. They're not going to. Come on, y'all hear me. Right here. Right here. These are the words of life that bring peace, joy, and fulfillment. This is truth. His promises are true. And in a world that's trying to appease, make everything fair, make, come on, are y'all with me? See, it's totally opposite. And that's why people don't understand the word and how to get fulfillment. Because listen, favor ain't fair. But your commitment to the to walking this thing out no matter how hard it gets, no matter how unfair it gets in this world, you know that there is a reward for your commitment to God. Not only just eternal life, but here on this earth. Come on, are y'all with me in here? And you can take all that drama out of your life. I'm just telling you how simply to do this you can go about your marriages the way Dr. Phil says in Ofrey, or you go by the Word of God. Come on. You can date according to bachelorette or you can... You can live your life according to this. Come on. But I'm here to tell you, I know this is true. I know this is true. I know that when I commit to following and obeying, his word says that I'll be blessed and high above. Come on. Because that's what it says. And even if I die and not see any more rewards, there is no greater reward than being in heaven. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So our commitment to Christ has its reward. You might be in here and have never made that commitment, but today you want to. Who is that? Come on, I see them. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else? Say, man, life has hit the bottom. Here's where I'm at. I need to get committed to this gospel that you're talking about. See, that's the good news, y'all. That's the good news. Everybody in here say this with me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Lord, I commit to your work in my life. And I thank you, Lord, that you save me. And I thank you that I am now born again. And I thank you, Lord, for all you're going to do. In my life. life. Hallelujah. Now you just bear down. Right? Yeah. Put your boots on, lace them up tight. We're going somewhere. You're going to be in a fight. and You're going to be in a battle. Listen, all the same stuff that you come in here, it's all out there still. Now... We just learn how to work through it. We learn how to fight our, listen, we're fight our battles. Come on. Now we have a different way of fighting. He fights. We show up and then we just trust him. We still going to show up. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing here at DCC and all across this country, Father. I thank you that you are correcting, setting things in order. Father, I thank you that there is a a people awakening to the fact that you love them and that you have way more for us than anything this world can offer. And Lord, I thank you right now for all you're going to do in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.